this evening, I want for us for Christmas Eve is to consider a picture. I want us to think about this picture here. I'm not sure if many of you have seen this picture before. I just saw it for the first time a few weeks ago and was really struck by just all the, the symbolism and meaning behind that, that picture. It was, it was drawn by a, a sister, Grace Remington, who's a, a sister in the Mississippi Abbey in Dubuque, Iowa. It's a picture of two women. One's pregnant, and the other has really, really, really long hair. Um, do you know who they are? Who are these people? They're Eve and Mary. Exactly right. And really, in many ways, the, these, these two women here show and represent the, the Old Testament meeting the New Testament. Eve stands as a representative of the Old Testament saints who are longing for the Messiah to come, who are saying, oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. And she finally gets to see the, the coming of the Messiah there in the womb of Mary. You know, it reminds me of what took place on the Mount of Transfiguration. You remember when Jesus went up on the mount with three of his closest disciples, Peter and James and John, and, and, and all of a sudden his, his skin changed and began to glow white, bright raiment. And, and on that mountain as he was being transformed, two characters appeared with him, Moses and Elijah. And, and they actually were, were talking with Jesus. And they were talking with Jesus about his exodus, that is his, his going out from the world, his leaving the earth, and the way he was doing that was through his crucifixion and dying for our sins. It was, it was everything that they were waiting for. And Moses and Elijah, prominent figures of the Old Testament, had their opportunity to see firsthand their coming redemption with their own eyes. And that's what we see in this picture. We see the Old Testament meeting the New Testament. We see Eve long after her sin, with her, her hair totally grown long, having the opportunity to see her coming redemption. Now, of course, unlike the Mount of Transfiguration, this is not reality. Eve and Mary never met. In reality, they lived thousands of years apart. Eve lived long ago in the Garden of Eden, and Mary, of course, lived during the days of Jesus, giving birth to Jesus as a child in her womb. But this is a nice symbolic picture of the meaning of, uh, of for us this Christmas Eve. And what I love about this picture is it brings the whole Bible into view. Uh, on the one hand, you have Eve, the one who lived on the planet when it was only six days old. And you also see the, the turning point of history, Mary and Jesus in the womb and Jesus coming to die on the cross for our sins. And Mary was there to see it. And finally, you have an allusion to the end time with the, when Satan, the serpent of old, is, is finally defeated. It spans biblical history. From, from the days of the Garden of Eden to the days of Jesus to the end of time. This comes right in line with what have we been looking at this Christmas season at Rock Valley Bible Church. I've been preaching a series of sermons entitled, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And in those sermons, my burden has been to show you that throughout all the biblical history, there, there's always been this cry of the people of God that says, Oh God, God, come. That's what Emmanuel means. It means God with us. Oh God, come and be with us. From, from the Garden of Eden to Moses and the prophets, throughout all the history of Israel, all the Old Testament has been crying, Oh come, oh come, Emmanuel. The days of Moses, of course, they were in slavery. 
And they cried out to God for deliverance from the hands of the Egyptians. And throughout the history of Israel, this longing in the heart of the Jews has always been present. For this Savior to come and for this ultimate King to rule over them. And, and the judges, all of them who saved them. And all the kings who ruled over them. None of them were quite what Israel was looking for. But they're mere shadows of the one who was to come. Emmanuel, God is with us. And the prophets are constantly pointing us to this day. When the Lord himself will come and be among us, as Isaiah 40 says, behold your God, he shall tend his flocks, his flock like a shepherd. Isaiah 40, verse 9 and 11. In this painting, Mary is entitled, Mary Consoles Eve. What a, what a great title for a, a little picture. And you can see Eve still holding the, the fruit in her hand, a reminder of her sin which plunged the world into darkness and despair. You can almost sense the weight of sin upon her shoulders. You can almost sense her thinking, you know, if, if, if Adam and I didn't sin, if we, if we would have trusted God and obeyed Him and not eaten of this fruit, then sin would not have entered the world. And if Adam and I had had not sinned, then death would not have spread to everyone in the world. We would not have known sorrow and pain and enmity and strife. And if Adam and I hadn't sinned, then wars and famines and thefts and adulteries would have been absent from the world. If Adam and I hadn't sinned, there would never have been a holocaust or a, a civil war or a worldwide flood. If she and Adam hadn't sinned, fathers would not provoke their children to anger. Pastors wouldn't fall to immorality. Rulers would not subject their people in tyrannical rules. But all these things are a reality because sin entered the world and sin has spread to us all. And in some greater way than all of us, Adam and Eve have experienced this guilt in a greater way because they were, they were the cause, they were the ones who opened the door for the floodgates of sin to enter in. And you can almost see the responsibility upon her as her, her head is bowed in, in sorrow and regret and she bows her, her head in shame. She's blushing, hanging her head in sorrow, not able to look up, still holding on to that reminder of her sin, clutching the fruit in her hand, holding it close to her breast. You know, she hasn't even taken that fruit and, and, and thrown it far away like a like an outfielder, like, just get this away from me. She's holding it tight. It's an ever-present reality in her life. And can you imagine what Eve might be saying to Mary at this moment? Done. My fruit I hold says, I am the one. It looked so good, but it all turned so bad. I thought I was wise, but now I'm so sad. I feel the weight. I see my sin. I bow in shame again and again and again. And as Eve says this, Mary is looking compassionately at her. With a tender gaze of hope at the sorrowing one, Mary is consoling Eve. Mary places her her comforting hand upon Eve's cheek so as to give her the physical assurance that all will be well. It seems also as if Mary is saying, it will be all right, my child. It will be all right. 
And the only reason why all will be well is because the child that's in Mary's womb. Right? Can you imagine what Mary could be saying to Eve at this moment? Life-giving Eve, do not be ashamed, do not grieve. The former things have passed away. Our God has brought us to a new day. See, I am with child, through whom all will be reconciled. O Eve, my sister, my friend, we will rejoice together forever, life without end. Mary consoling Eve. It'll be okay. We'll be together, life without end. And that only happens because of the child in Mary's womb, which is really the, the focus of this drawing. Eve may be looking down in sorrow over sin, but do you notice where Eve is looking? She's looking directly at Mary's baby bump. And Mary, bringing Eve close, bringing her hand right, right on her stomach, maybe even feeling the baby kick in her womb. And of course, this baby is Jesus, the one who's God in the flesh, the one who is Emmanuel coming to dwell with us. And this is what we celebrate Christmas Eve. We celebrate this child. We celebrate that, that God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Now, it's not simply even that Jesus just appeared on the scene as some surprise. No, his coming had been promised in the Old Testament, even as early as Genesis chapter 3, even as early as Eve took that fruit. After Adam and Eve ate in disobedience to God, God cursed the serpent, and in a curse, he gave a promise. He said this, over here, I will put enmity between you, that is the serpent, and the woman, that is there'll be conflict between you, and between your offspring and her offspring. He, that is the offspring, will bruise your heel, and you serpent, who shall bruise your head, and you serpent shall bruise his heel. And that's, that's the picture that we see here. It's the illusion of the picture. We, we see the serpent nipping at the heels of Eve. And even at the heels of Mary. And we see Mary stepping on the head of the serpent. This is really the only thing I don't like about the picture. It wasn't Mary that defeated the serpent of old. It was Jesus. The baby in the womb who would grow and become a prophet and challenge the religious leaders of the day in their hypocrisy. And in their hypocrisy, they, they put him to death through a faulty file, a trial, crucified him on a cross for all of our sins. But by his resurrection, he renders Satan powerless. And so Jesus, for sure, is the one who came to crush the serpent's head, not Mary as the picture depicts. And then again, this picture isn't trying to be real in everything. It, it shows well enough in a symbolic way that the, the serpent's days are numbered. They're close to an end. And and you could even argue that the serpent's not quite dead yet, still is alive, still has wrapped its body around Eve. Mary's merely holding it down. Do you notice how Eve is even being snared by this serpent? If she'd take another step, perhaps she would stumble and fall. It's the enmity between the serpent and the woman. But there's hope in this picture. Though Eve is burdened with sin, and though Satan has her wrapped in his clutches, there still is hope. Mary is extending hope to Eve. Mary 
consoles Eve. Now, not because of what Mary will do or not because just some good fortunes will, will turn out okay. Not because time will heal all problems, but because of what this child will do. This baby will solve it all. This baby will be born. I think about Eve in this photo as Mary tries to console her. Maybe has some consolation, but it, it's all hope. It's, it's hopeful thinking. It is, it is in the future based upon promises of, of Mary's words. Now, Mary did have good words to, to stand on. In fact, if you remember when Mary was impregnated by the Holy Spirit and Joseph thought about putting her away, an angel came to Joseph and told him, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name, help me, Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So Joseph surely told that to Mary. And Mary knew that this was a miraculous child and knew that this child would be named Jesus, which means Yeshua, which means Savior, and that this is the one who's going to save us from our sins. And Mary knew that by promise, but we today know it by fact and reality. We have seen the promise fulfilled in the Scriptures We have read of how this baby Jesus grows up to be a mighty prophet. Everything the scripture prophesied of him to be true was. He healed our diseases. He taught us the way to heaven. He died for our sins to bring us there. And that is our hope. That's our hope this Christmas Eve, this Christmas Eve evening. Children may have hope about presents that they're going to receive. We may have hope about experiencing time with family and and joy with children. But our hope ultimately is what Mary's trying to say to Eve. A hope is in this child. And you may be here tonight feeling a bit like Eve. Feeling like your sin is great. Feeling like you have no hope. Feeling like Satan has, has wrapped his tail around you. Well, hear this. You're in a perfect spot then to receive some consolation. The consolation from Mary, the consolation from God, the consolation from Jesus. And this Christmas Eve, may you find hope in the baby that we worship and celebrate this evening. Jesus said, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. So the message this Christmas Eve really is, as we think and contemplate God coming into the world in a baby, that Jesus is the one ultimately who can console us. He's the one who can save us from our sins. So come to Jesus and let him console you. Let's pray. Oh, Father, I pray that this picture might ring in our minds tonight and even tomorrow as we reflect upon Jesus being born of a woman, born under the law, that he might redeem those who are under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Father, may this picture of Jesus console us and help us in our sins, that this is our only hope. It's in Christ and him crucified. Jesus died on the cross for our sins, but it all begins here on Christmas, Christmas Eve, 
the night in which Jesus was born. And I pray, God, for any here tonight who, who are in need of consolation as he was, may they receive the consolation of Jesus even tonight. God, that this Christmas would be a, a different Christmas than ever before. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.